Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today. Hey, ladies. And those who love them. This is Kyle. This is Candace, And we want to welcome you to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a podcast dedicated to we women, the health and life balance issues facing each of us. So what is WTF and why would you want to listen to us? We are women talking frankly, flamboyantly, fearlessly, and freely. And you know, with a name like WTF, we're going to talk straight, unscripted, and we're going to tackle some of the issues facing women head on, such as our fluctuating hormones, our changing bodies ourselves, our lives, our perspectives, and the choices we face, and the obstacles that keep us from making our best choices. And we're going to welcome a real conversation because this is a dialogue. It's a sharing of what we know with what's important to you. And we're going to continue to learn from one another because we're going to be tapping into the science and physiology behind your hormonal ups and downs, delve into those symptoms like belly fat, brain fog, insomnia, hot flashes. That have you wondering, what the heck is going on with me? Well, we're here to help you sort through the things like science, myths, physiology, testing, remedies, some lifestyle changes, some treatment options. And open the door to a deeper understanding of you during times of dramatic changes. Wow, that's a lot. Now you know what WTF is. So now let's look at who we are, the hosts. Kyle, let's start with you. A mother, wife, chef, tennis captain, world traveler, and licensed nurse practitioner who's been helping women get back into balance for a good two decades. I'm happy to call you my friend and comrade in arms, and I'd love to hear more about your story. So looking back, how did you get into this? So it's been quite a journey. It it started early on my own awareness of hormone issues. I had horrible periods as a teenager. Each month I was doubled over in pain. I often missed school. Remember back, this was before Advil was available. So all we had available (laughs) back then was that little product called Midol, which what what was that anyway? I I have no idea what was even in it. I don't either. And it it didn't work very well. It didn't do much. (laughs) But I had a Ukrainian grandmother who came over and she used to give me peach schnapps, which probably wasn't the best or most sustainable option, but it sure worked. And that plus a heating, uh, heating pad was my best friend in those days. Peach schnapps, have to keep that in mind. I know. I don't think it's the best idea for your teenage daughter, though. Oh, all right. (laughs) So then we'll move fast forward to my 20s, and that's when PMS really grabbed me. I became overly sensitive, insecure, critical, and unhappy, especially the few days before I started my period. And then a few days later, I would turn into this happy, confident, complacent person once it started. But it took me a while to connect those dots, believe me. I believe you. I, I mean, I don't think any of us put two and two together in those days. I remember going off to frat parties in college while my roommate stayed behind, curled up in a fetal ball with period cramps. 
We just thought, oh, poor Patty. I know. <laughs> I lived with that horrible PMS for years, and so did those who live with me. Hey, I'm sending out apologies to everybody, by the way. <laughs> so I'm going to wait and talk about my childbearing years for a later episode, but in the interest of time. But let's skip way ahead to age 47. I had periods that were very regular, but suddenly they just stopped. And what ha- what the heck? But boy, I knew something was up because I had those horrible hot flashes and night sweats. And I had insomnia extraordinaire. I could not sleep. Mm. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd be sweating and hot. And then I'd open the windows, take off the covers, take off my clothes. And five minutes later, I'd be freezing cold. So I know what that's like. Can you relate, ladies? Oh, boy. So let's just talk about those symptoms kept me awake many nights. Uh, Then I was on, I was in graduate school. I was working 30 hours a week. I was co-parenting two children. My husband was gone quite a bit. And at the end of that time, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Did you know that you, did you have any clue that you were suffering with adrenal fatigue or was that new to you? I was just hitting the wall. I found myself having no energy and anybody who knows me knows I'm like the energizer bunny. So it was was kind of frustrating. So there you have it. I've been the patient and I've been a lucky one at that because I stumbled upon some amazing and forward thinking providers and they helped me through those times. So I began self-studying that. I heard many as a woman healthcare nurse practitioner, I heard a myriad of stories and all the problems facing women. And I was taking care of a large cohort of women in peri and postmenopause. when guess what happened? The Women's Health Initiative women's came health on the scene and that made everybody question hormone safety. And you know, what a breakthrough that was for women's health. It was a long time coming after 50 years of women being on synthetic HRT without a single study to show whether it was actually good for us, safe or effective. So that was a real game changer. It was a real game changer, but it sort of told everybody to take everybody off. But I was fortunate fortunate enough at that time, I was working in a very successful OB-GYN practice in northwest Portland, and some and people in town, cardiologists and internal medicine doctors, formed these quick symposiums, and they sorted through the data, and I knew I was onto something. They all said, don't go with this study. There's a lot of research that says the hormones are good for you. So then I had a patient who said to me, Have, gee, there's a special on OPB, all about bioidentical hormones. When so was that? That was like in 2002. So I miss that. It was amazing. So I watched that special, and it was sponsored by a local pharmacist, and I contacted that pharmacist, and she just agreed to educate me. So we sat one-on-one. I went to conferences, and then Mm. I took a leap of faith, and I started treating women in that new paradigm. A brave new paradigm, because that opened up for millions of women like me that that place that said menopause wasn't going to be the deep, dark descent, and that maybe, you know, we could move into the light and get forward-thinking healthcare for women. So what would we do without practitioners like you? You you really were the pioneers. It was a scary place to be, though. I was working in Hillsborough in another small practice, and I was really growing my practice in hormone balance by prescribing and uh, the bioidentical hormones. I was doing salivary testing. And then I hit a rather low, really huge roadblock. The administrators of the hospital I was working at threatened to shut me down, basically saying that my 
prescribing those mm. hormones were not FDA approved. Boy, this was a tough moment for me. It was one of those lemons, lemonade moments. Turns out you were darn good at making lemonade. Yeah, well, it forced me to <laughs> gather support, which I did. I, I contacted some of the pharmacists I work with, as well as I called ZRT Laboratory. It's a local lab that's internationally known. It's a large testing lab I'd worked with. And lo and behold, Candace worked there as a health educator and their marketing director. And I told her my, pl uh, my uh, plight. So she pulled out all these stops. She gathered supporting information. She gave me an, an essential contacts like uh, International Compounding Corporation of America, uh, Professional Corporate uh, Compounding Corporation of America. PCCA. Yeah. yeah. And from this, I, got, I gathered a whole bunch of information, and I was able to give this to the doctor who was going to represent me before the board. And he went before the board, and they basically said, she can do it. It was kind of scary. I, I remember thinking I hadn't actually met you. I was just, you know, providing all that information, I but I hadn't met you. And I thought, this woman is my hero. She's so brave. And the fact that you succeeded, that you prevailed was it, amazing. What did that feel like? It felt really scary. I mean, already as a nurse practitioner prescribing those hormones, I was really already stepping out on the edge of, let's say, um, being a nurse practitioner. <laughs> yeah. But it felt really good because I felt like I'd won the charge. And then from that point on, I felt very confident in what I did. And, and people began to, you know, were very skeptical back then, but now it's becoming mainstream. So from that interaction, Candace and I became fast friends. And that was back around 2004. And here we are, 15 years later. Wow, that's and, a blessing. Yeah, and you you may remember um, part of the fruits of our friendship was that um, some of you out there may have even read our blog, Menopausibilities, which yeah. was one of our first big efforts together. We wrote a lot of good blogs, which um, I, I hope helped to educate all of you further. Okay, that's enough about me. I want to introduce Candace Birch now. She's a health educator, a professional writer, a speaker, a woman of many interests and talents, Plus, she's a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, a dog lover, and a friend to many who know and love her. I have called Candace my friend and colleague since 2002. And our, our friendship is unique that it, in that it started with our work and our shared commitment to women's health issues. But it's also morphed into a kind of a soul sister kind of friendship. <laughs> and you women out there know exactly what I'm talking about. We only get so many of these in our lives, and they're a joy and something to treasure. So here's Candace. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome, I Candace. could have said all the same things about you. They, they would be entirely true. Um, my brilliant friend. Um, but asking about my brilliant career. Okay, so I... I kind of started out uh, as a ski bum. I mean, when I got out of college where I studied psychology, I went up to, was, I, I went to college in Colorado and I skied a lot. And I ended up living in Aspen teaching skiing. And I had some really bad skiing injuries that led to the use of anti-inflammatories that didn't help and made things worse. And I remember doing a lot of herbal remedies and a cleansing diet. And I was just remembering and thinking about this, that I even started this little association called AHA, which stood for Aspen Holistic Health Association. And we used to have people come in and, and give little talks about health. So I was always interested in health, even back then. That's so like you, Ken. i such an organizer. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I, I skied every day on these bad swollen knees and it was painful, but I just sort of overcame it. And then I thought, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go and get further education. So I was propelled into the pursuit of a master's degree in health education. 
And I got a great job out of graduate school as the medical coordinator of the Channel 9 Health Fair, which was the number one television station in Denver, Colorado. They had decided to do a big public affairs uh, program statewide that was going to do health screening of everything from, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes to colorectal cancer. We had people waiting in line at over 160 sites in the state. And and then that was I did that for a couple of years. It was we even followed up with over 10,000 people that had, um, you know, positive results for for some risk. And it, that was that was pretty exciting. And, and later on, living in England, my husband and I moved to England, I worked my way into a job as a health edit- editor and writer at a medical publisher in um, London. So that's, you know, those were heady days. It was all about getting um, the health message out, but it was also about long hours and nonstop events and pots of coffee. And I used to pull all-nighters all the time just to meet my deadlines. And eventually, you know, here comes the hormone story. I, I didn't recognize the signs of adrenal fatigue at the time, but I was like a walking epidemic of bad moods, allergies. I couldn't sleep. I had sugar cravings and, and anxiety that really kept me up at night. Boy, I can still relate to that after my stint at graduate school. I felt, felt the same right. way. But what kind of things did you try to do on your own? Because, you know, back then we called it burnout. Remember, we didn't call it adrenal fatigue. But it's not really a bad term considering what we're burning out. We're burning out our cortisol response system. So what did you do? You know, I didn't, I wasn't as much into this at the time. I didn't, I wasn't thinking hormones at the time. Um, I remember doing a lot of natural things in England. They're really big on homeopathy. Mm-hmm, so I was right. using a lot of homeopathic remedies and I changed our, the way we were eating. You know, I had done a lot of juice fast. So I got into organic food, even though it was kind of ironic that I'd have to drive across town, <laughs> you know, to, to pick up the, the organic food. But one was- good thing back in England, they don't allow hormones in their in their food. The EU doesn't allow that. It was the um, European Economic Union at the time, I think. But they they still don't allow hormone injections into meat and dairy products. How far we're thinking of them. But think back how expensive organic food was back then. It was tough. Oh, yeah, it was. I remember giving my, my girls mashed lentils. and Because <laughs> I was a late-blooming mom. I didn't have my kids till I was 36. Jesse was, I was 36 when I had Jess and 40 when I had Ryan. And it was right about then that I started having, well, I think it was, Ryan was about six, and I started having hot flashes every 20 minutes. Oh my and God. I exaggerate not. Nope. And a mood swing in between. And what was I doing to help myself, you asked me? I was drinking more coffee. Mm-hmm. And, um, and more wine. Cause, and more wine, because I couldn't sleep <laughs> at night. And I just remember the day that I, I had some kind of a meltdown, and I looked at Ryan, who at the time was six years old, and she had these tears standing in her eyes. <laughs> and I looked here and I thought she's scared of me. They are scared of she's us. She's terrified. We were, we were scary people then. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I was mean mommy and I I just I knew that I had to get a handle on this and and you know I was a health educator for God's sake. So it seemed like you should I should know something more about my hormones and oh, I figured but the out. Oh, healer heal thyself. Right. It's tough. Yeah, hard to do your own self-care and hard. and then you know the complications of being, you know, a writer and having a full-time job and two kids and all of that, you you know, women are notorious for not taking care of ourselves, aren't Absolutely. we? We take care of everybody first. Everybody and, first, me last. And and what do they tell you on the airplane? Put the oxygen mask on, on yourself you first. before you put it on anyone else. But 
It took me a while to get there, but I I realized one day that this was hormonal. I knew being, you know, in the health field and being a a real devotee of natural Mm -hmm. foods and and healing uh, remedies that there was no way I was going to be using HRT. So I started looking into it. And the first thing I did was I read the book, which is still a go-to Bible for anybody in menopause, What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause. One of the best. Right. By Dr. John Lee. He also wrote What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Pre-Menopause for for you gals who are in peri-menopause approaching those years. But um, he was the guru then. He had gone to England to study with um, Katrina Dalton, and he put the idea of hormone imbalance on the map. I yep. mean, who knew? Right. Was that wasn't really a concept then. It wasn't a concept, especially for somebody like me as a nurse practitioner. And he was a, he was a maverick. Yeah, he was. And he was talking about he had actually had a practice in Mill Valley where he uh, after he switched to bioidentical hormones and and not uh, prescribing synthetic HRT anymore, he never had another case of breast cancer in his practice. And that was significant because Mill Valley had the highest breast cancer rate in the country. And we'll and we'll delve into that in future episodes clearly. But I, I have the same kind of practice. As yeah, well, exactly. Right? That's what Kyle does. That's what I do. So, um, so when you were feeling so terrible, Candice, and you felt like you were losing your mind, isn't that what you hear all the time? I do. People are losing it. They're men- mentally. They're getting on antidepressants, anti-anxiety. You know, they're using the band-aid approach to healthcare. What made you chose not to do those things? You know, I think I had met some, I knew several women that were, that were on antidepressants, but weren't depressed. You know, that feeling of why am I on this? I'm just gaining weight. I have, I can't feel my feelings. I'm, you know, and I just started thinking, I'm not going that route. I'm going to go natural. So I went, after reading the book, I went on a, a 17 day juice fast. I did a cleanse. And I um, actually called Dr. John Lee and asked, you know, I said, I'm a woman in menopause. I'm a health educator, and, and I want to learn about this. I want right. to Good for you. teach other women. I want to help women know what questions to ask of their doctors. Because let's frankly speaking, we <laughs> women don't speak up, and we don't often know what questions to ask. And that's one of the reasons you and I are here. Right. But So I called him, and um, I got his, his co-writer, Virginia Hopkins, who has a wonderful website, by the way. And it was the co-writer, author of all the books that John Lee wrote, um, along with Dr. Zava as well on breast cancer and menopause. But she said to me, well, Dr. Lee is retired, but you should check out uh, ZRT Laboratory. There's a, a biochemist there who's, who started making saliva hormone testing available to the masses. Because before, remember, it had only been available to scientists. They That's had right. been using it in, in scientific research on mm-hmm. DNA. But... So I actually did a saliva test and found out that I had several imbalances of estrogen. My progesterone was low, and we'll get into all the reasons why sure. that happens. Of course. And, and you know, did the test and was sort of like, oh, my God, there's a reason for the why I feel this way. And this is what we hear every single day, ladies. Yeah. I, you're out there. You're listening to us right now telling our stories. We are your story. And we know what you're talking about. So just hang in there with this. We are you. We are you. We but, are, you are us. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we've also, you know, what we want to share with you is that there are still many women that are suffering in silence, don't know how to bring up this issue. There are still many doctors out there, even though we've come a long way with functional medicine and integrative yeah. medicine, that there are still many old school approaches to this. And I mean, personally, I think um, synthetic hormones shouldn't be 
shouldn't be available to women because we have bioidentical natural versions. And that's what's been what, you know, in the end saved my sanity, probably kept my kids from having to see a shrink and probably saved my marriage at the same time. And what Candace said just a minute ago about when she got the test results and realized that it wasn't in her head, this is what we hear every single day. Candace knows I tell her when I see patients and I tell them and they come in my office and they're crying and they're just so upset and they're so and they're so afraid and I send them home with a kit by the time they and come back. And a box back, of Kleenex. Yeah, and they come home and they come back in my office and I tell them there's something wrong. They just, they fall apart. They go, oh, thank you. I, I wanted something <laughs> right. to be wrong. Please. Yeah. They, they, would say, they always say, I'm, I'm so afraid you were going to tell me everything's okay. I said, no, I would never say that to you. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think one of the things that it still stuns me is the number of women. In fact, I talked to, I, I have a um, consulting practice online and I talk to women. I talk to about 48 women a month and go through hormone test results with them. And typically they'll say to me, why didn't anybody tell me about this? I know. We di- why didn't my doctor tell me? I talked to a woman yesterday who, who told me she's 45 and she's a stepmother of two kids. And she said she tried to have her own children for ages and now it's too late. And now she's reading about the fact that maybe she had low progesterone or an I imbalance know. that kept her from getting pregnant. So we hear this all the time. And, and actually, I was thinking about it and I thought, yeah, we don't learn this stuff in school. No, we don't learn Nobody it. teaches us. You had to learn, you learned on your own by studying and getting with the experts that were in the field. It's even a relatively as a, even new... Even as a nurse, I wasn't, I wasn't taught this. I took an endocrinology class. I never touched on any of these things. Right. So, so there ra- you are. Yeah. I mean, the rest is history. That's why we're in this in this field. So in wrapping up for, today, for today's episode, I just want to say a couple of things. I, this is Kyle. I spend my days talking to women every single day, both professionally in random conversations with strangers, acquaintances, friends, and family, sometimes sitting next to somebody on the airplane. It's truly an endless conversation that I'm having, but it doesn't just belong to me. It's a universal dialogue. It's of women looking for answers, of women feeling frustrated, irrelevant. They feel forgotten, alone. They're lost. They're embarrassed. They're seeking answers, but they sometimes don't even know what the questions are they want to ask. And then again, look at the look at the society we lived in now. There's such an emphasis on youth. So often, aging is associated with feeling ashamed. We're tossed aside. But optimal aging is an asset, and that we want that to be your goal. We're here to help you on this journey. We're designed to help. We're trying to help you grow, get educated. We want you to feel empowered. We want you to feel good again and hopeful about your life, both now and in the future. Yeah, ditto. I mean, I, I'm on the same page. I want to help women. We're, we're here to help you get off the roller coaster, get mm-hmm. your mojo back. That's one of actually our 10 essential hormone principles, and we'll go through those in later episodes. But um, there's so much you can do. There's so many natural options now. In fact, we're quite lucky that we have a lot of good choices, and we've come a long way in, in just 15 years, really. Yeah. So we're really excited to have this conversation with all of you ladies. We're looking forward to having future episodes. We have a website. We'll give you more information about that as we go. But for now, WTF. Well, here we are at the end of this WTF, Woman Talking Frankly, podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. 
And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace.